Welcome back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I am your host, Andrew McKenney, and I am usually here with my co-host, Tim Taylor, but I decided to call in another, uh, I'll say co-host or guest today, uh, somebody who we've actually gotten a lot of requests to have back on the show, and I figure with it being playoff time, you know, it's a good person to bring in to to give us a little bit of a playoff preview and talk some hockey. And so today I'm joined again by Ryan Spooner. So Ryan, thank you for joining me again. No problem. Thanks a lot for having me. So there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to talk to you about. And I guess the last time that we talked, you were in the middle of the, the KHL season. So I figure yeah. I would like to get kind of an update on how, I mean, the season's over now, but I, uh, how did that season go for you guys? I know when we last talked, you know, you, you guys were doing pretty well, a lot better than the year before. And, and how did it end up shaking out for you? Uh, the season as a whole, actually, I thought that it was pretty good for our team. I actually got hurt in January, so I missed the rest of the year. Uh, I played a couple games, um, but I didn't play in playoffs. And I played uh, 36 out of the 62 games. So it, it, it was a good year personally for me, but I got hurt. So um, I wasn't able to help out in the playoffs, but... As a team, we, we actually played against uh, St. Petersburg um, in the first round, and I think that we actually gave them a, a pretty decent series. Every game was actually pretty close, um, so I'm definitely proud of the way that our team played. But um, on to the next season, and uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of an unfortunate way. I mean, it's not that you just missed the playoffs. You kind of missed a, a good chunk of the season there. But I know you were pretty yeah. pretty hyped on how things were going and, and feeling good. And, I, I mean, I think I even texted you throughout the season at one point where you were more than a point per game where it was, you know, it, being a point per game alone is great. So anything above that is pretty exceptional. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was sad. Like, it's never fun to be hurt you always want to help out you see like your see your team they're all out there they're working hard they're putting in the work and you can't really help out um that's probably one of the worst things about being a professional athlete is when you're on the sidelines and uh you can't really do anything to get better uh it just takes time so that's uh that was like the first time that i experienced that being out for a decently long time and yeah it's never fun to do but just happy that it's over with now and and i'm back to being healthy so so were you at all Clo- like so if the season had gone on a little bit longer were you at all close to coming back or was it more of like a recovery throughout are you are you fully back to being you know healthy at this point yeah things are things are fine now um it was just one of those things where when i got when i got hurt um like we we kind of took the wrong approach for the recovery and I tried to play. Um, and that set me back a little bit. So that's kind of why I missed the tail end of the season. Yeah. I think if I would have just rested it from the first day, cause anything that kind of goes on with like the lower body, like you, you're not really sure exactly what it is and it's kind of tough to get a diagnosis on it. So, uh, it wasn't really, uh, handled the right way. Um, in terms of that, and it just kind of, stretch it out a little bit and that's why I ended up missing the playoffs but things are fine now it's in the past um, just happy that just happy that it healed well and um, that things are good so yeah and and like we had said on on the last episode kind of like you had said we had talked a little bit about you were sort of uh, I think Tim had asked you if you had ever thought about coming back to the NHL and you, you sort of were it wasn't out of the question. It was more so of what, if it was the right thing to do or if it was the right time or if you felt like it would be um, right for you specifically. So 
I know that you you enjoy playing in the KHL. It sounds like and and um, is it something that you think you plan to go back next year, or do you plan to do something else, or you know, do you know that yet, or are you still kind of just enjoying the off season and and uh, giving a little break to the you know the thought of all of that? Yeah. So the way it works in the KHL is teams teams usually sign guys pretty early. So I I signed with the team in uh, Yekaterinburg. Um, Tatsuk's the captain there. Oh wow! Um, and yeah, so he's. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to be playing. Um, he played last year, and he might be playing this year. I'm not entirely sure, but it would definitely be, it'd be extremely cool to play with him. But I definitely gave it some thought to come back to North America. Um, but kind of the more that I thought about it, I was just kind of like, well, I, I played in the NHL for 300 and some games, and I feel like the the only kind of motivating factor for me coming back would be to prove the coaches wrong that I played for that said that I was good enough to play or any of that kind of stuff. So, right. But I, I don't see it. I don't ever see it being a good decision, making a decision based off of like kind of revenge or based off of like trying to prove somebody wrong. Like I'm happy where I'm playing now. Uh, I'm kind of in a good spot in my life. Uh, the two years I played there, I played a lot. I, I, I was, I had, I had decent seasons and all that kind of stuff. So for me to come back just to like prove a couple people wrong, it just doesn't make sense to do that. So um, I made up my mind on that. I'm happy with the decision I made. Um, and I'm going to be 30, right? So it's, it's not like I'm 23 or 24 anymore. So um, yeah, that was kind of the decision that I made. And, and the team that I'm going to, I, I think we're going to be one of the better teams in the league. We signed a bunch of guys. So that also had something to do with it too. I I very happy to hear that you know you're you're really enjoying where you're at right now with with life with hockey with all of that and I think that a lot of people can respect you know making the decision not to come back here based on trying to like you said sort of for revenge it's not so much that you want to do it for you you want to do it to prove people wrong which in itself can be a huge motivating factor for people but I think that it sounds like you've you've kind of made the right decision and it seems like it's going to be what's best for you know being happy in life not just in hockey you know you don't want to do something that you might end up regretting when you have a good thing going as it is so like I said I think a lot of people can respect that yeah and for me too like I've I've never been the type of person where like if somebody tries to motivate me by like basically getting mad at me or saying like you can't do this you're not good enough I'm kind of like okay well I know I'm good enough like I, I don't to show you that like right. that's always kind of the personality that I've had and that's like what some coaches don't get is like you, you have different personalities like that that might work for player A but for player B like you're, you're going to have to use your brain a little bit and try to find a way to motivate him and that's what makes a really good coach a really good coach is when you can change your coaching style to motivate certain personalities that's that's how a good coach can be can become great right and that's like right. I've had kind of coaches who they, they just didn't really kind of get that um and that's just kind of part of the business. It's kind of like in real life when you have a boss. It's, True. Sometimes it just doesn't really work out. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of that's kind of the decision that I was at. It was like, well, the last season I had, I had a couple coaches that didn't really like like didn't like me as a player, and like I, I just didn't see the point like coming back trying to prove them wrong when I found something that I enjoyed doing. So um, I've kind of made peace with that, and and it is what it is. So. I think that's awesome. And, and, you know, 
it's starting to seem like just by knowing the players that you've played with. I mean, if you go out there and you play with Datsuk, like you, you've gotten to a point where you you're playing with you've played with so many either Hall of Fame or future Hall of Fame players that you know it must be kind of a cool thing to be able to say that you've played with some of these guys. Like, I mean, you've you've played with with. Yager, you've played with a bunch of these guys on the Bruins that are future Hall of Famers. I mean, obviously Chara and, and Bergeron and stuff like that. And there's one person specifically David Dreisaitl too. I would. That's who I was going to bring up next. Is basically, you know, you played with Connor McDavid and looking at what he's doing this year. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I, I don't know what you. I'm sure that you're on the same page as as all of us that are watching him, that he's just on a completely, he's on another level. It doesn't seem like he's even playing in the same league as everybody. I mean, this kid it's like is... like minor hockey. Fan. Yeah, exactly. It's the way that I see it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if this is going to continue. I would imagine that it is because he clearly has the skill and he sees the game better than anybody else. But... um what was it like to play a few games with him? I know you didn't play, you know, you didn't play a ton of time in Edmonton, but um, did you kind of yeah. notice that he was going to be this guy? Well, I mean, he's kind of been like that since he's been fourteen or fifteen. I think, I think people knew that he was going to be good. Yeah, I don't know if people knew he was going to be as good as he has been this year. I right. think he's kind of turned it up a little bit, um, but that comes kind of with the maturity, and I also think it helps too that their team, for so long, they 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 haven't really been playing well and this is like one of the first years where they've really kind of found their game and I, I think he's kind of excelled because the team's been kind of doing well too um, and he's the major reason why the team's doing well Right. but it, it just seems like when, when he's playing it's just like he's, he's playing playing against a bunch of players it's like kind of in minor hockey when you can skate around guys and kind of do what you want that's kind of where he's at now and helps that he has uh, he's got Leon to play with they kind of read off each other well so it's uh, it's a treat it's a treat to watch and uh, be scary to play against. Just happy that I don't have to play against them. Yeah, yeah, right. I, you know, I'm really looking forward to next year when things kind of go back to normal a little bit more than they are now, and hopefully these divisions, you know, that maybe the divisions go back to normal because I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him play in person. It's kind of one of those things where, you know, there's certain players in in generations that you just have to see in person play the game and in order to really yep. experience how they are. You know, obviously there's like the Gretzkys and the Jordans and things like that. So um, he, obviously he's destined for the Hall of Fame whenever that may be. I'm sure he's going to have a long career, but, you know, I'm looking forward to watching him play in person again. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a treat. He's, uh, he's fast, um, he's quick, he's smart, he can score, he can pass. I mean, he's probably the best, the best offensive player to ever play. I mean, it's kind of hard to compare from a player playing in 1970 and 80 to now, but he definitely skates probably the best that anybody that's ever played. So, Well, I'm glad you say that because a lot of people try, you know, there's obviously going to be comparisons and people are going to try to say, you know, he's Gretzky, he's this, he's that. But, you know, the times are so different. The goaltending is so different. The the speed of all the players and the toughness and whatever, it, it's all different. Yeah, it's true. I mean, scoring goals in 1970 or 1980, you could take a slap shot from the blue line and score. Right. Uh, now that just doesn't happen. The game's changed. Um, I think I think defending is a little bit more so now than it was before. But back in 1970 and 80, it was a lot more tougher, a lot more hitting, a lot more hooking and holding. So it's like it's a, it's a totally different game. It's, right. You can't even compare. It's it's not even the same game anymore. So it's just like there's no point comparing. They're both 
the best that have played. It's just I, I don't see the point. Yeah. both of them. So. So I guess that kind of leads me into the next thing with the NHL playoffs starting, or I think they might even start last night, right? So, um, who do you who do you see going all the way to the finals? And I know that this is a, is a Boston sports you know podcast, but it doesn't have to be the Bruins. Obviously, I'm I'm very curious to see who your actual prediction is to kind of go all the way. Uh, I think Vegas. I, I think, think yeah. The way that they're- I think the way that they've been defending and their goaltending has been pretty solid the whole year. I mean, trying to predict in playoffs is extremely hard because usually people that do well in playoffs, it comes down to goaltending. Teams are so evenly matched. It comes down to which goalie is going to get hot at the right time. Um, So that's why I'm going to go with Vegas because they've had pretty decent goaltending for the whole year. Um, And then... It's also hard to predict because of all the divisions now, right? Like, it's, yeah. I, I don't even know how that's going to work with the Canadian teams. I, I got, uh, I don't know why. I feel like, I feel like the Oilers are going to come out on top. I got a gut, gut feeling on that. And then I got Vegas. And then in terms of the Bruins, I mean, historically, they, they haven't, they haven't done well against the Capitals, but I think that their team, We'll pull out the victory against them in the first round, and then from there they got to get through Tampa, which will be tough. So um, the only one that I'm certain on is probably Vegas at this point. It's kind of up in the air for the rest of them. I think it's going to come down to goaltending. I think that's fair. I mean, they have such a good goaltending duo out there that it's going to be hard to stop them because even if something were to happen, they have a they have a starter in their backup. You know, so if, yeah, if exactly. Flurry were to go down for whatever reason, I mean, it, it's not like it's an easy win after that. So. Mm-hmm. Also, there's the Hurricanes too. Yeah, they're, they seem like a sneaky pick. Yeah. Well, they're just. Um, I don't remember playing against them. Like I, I never liked playing against them because their team is. They're fast. They're in your face. Uh, they play like man on man. Not sure if they still play that kind of style, but I, I just remember there just wasn't a lot of time and space, and their defense are all like they, they don't really have any like weak links on the back end, like. Um, they are pretty steady, and their goaltending is pretty good too. Like they've they've been they've been pretty good the whole year. So like they they could be a sneaky team. Them and the I was going to go with the Islanders too. Like they 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 could be good too. I mean, there's so many well structured teams now that it's like hard to pick one. I, I think, as I said before, it's just going to come down to the goaltending. Yeah, and I think that it's you know for if there's any casual hockey fans that aren't really you know they just really like the game of hockey that they're not die hard for a specific team obviously maybe they have a team that they like but um then this would be the year where they're going to see some great playoff hockey i mean there's a lot of good teams that are in there the division shakeup sort of i mean there were good teams that missed the playoffs so i I think oh yeah this is going to be a really fun uh year for playoff hockey whether you're rooting for someone specifically, and then if they get knocked out, you're just a fan of the game. Like, you're getting a treat this year with how many good teams there are and, and like you said, kind of sneaky teams in there too that might go further than a lot of people think and could could cause a, a little bit of a roadblock for some other teams that think they're going to get an easy win. 100%. Yeah, it's, uh, games changed a lot in the last 10 years. Like, there used to be a decent amount of teams that weren't that good, and they, you have, like, the same three or four teams that will kind of be at the top. Now it's like every team can can beat whichever team 
So it's uh, it's kind of nice to have that. It's kind of nice to have a parity in the league. So I want to ask you about, since the divisions did get kind of mixed up a little bit this year, or really got mixed up this year, do you think that um, that Toronto sort of had an easy go at it? Obviously, Matthews is, he's Matthews. He's, on a, he's a, another player who's really making it look easy against professional players. I mean, he's, he's scoring all these goals that are highlight real goals, and, and you can't really take that away from the guy. But do you think that they sort of did so well because of the division that they were in? I would say so, yes. I mean, they didn't have to play against the Capitals or against the Bruins or stuff like that. Like, I'd say that the Canucks were kind of a write-off for the whole year. Like, they have a good team, but they kind of got hurt and they didn't play the majority of their games. And then you got the Flames. They were kind of up and down. They didn't really defend as well as people thought or do as well as they thought. And then the Jets were kind of – the Jets were okay. Uh, The Canadians didn't get the best goaltending the whole year. Like – I would say that the Canadian division was probably, would you say it was maybe the weakest one out of all of them? That would have been my thought, of, yeah. Yeah, so like, you don't want to say like, oh, he scored 41 goals, like, I think that's what he scored or something like that. It's kind of hard to say like, oh, he didn't deserve to score that, but what if he scored that if he was playing against all the other teams? Like, I, he probably would have, but I mean, it's it definitely has a bit of an asterisk on like the season, right? Like it's hard to say like, Oh, like this might not have happened if it was like a normal season, you're playing a little bit more kind of games, a little bit more of a grind to longer season. So, right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say that the Leafs probably did a little bit better than people thought, maybe because of the vision that they were in. Um, but again, it's kind of hard to tell because maybe they would have done well if it was the other way too. So, yeah. So I, I do want to kind of ask you a few things about the Bruins because uh, I know that you have the most experience kind of with that club. So what do you feel like is yeah. their their chance of winning the cup this year or or even making it to the finals? Like, do you see them as one of the favorites coming out of the division? You already kind of said the Capitals are going to be tough. We all know that's going to that's going to be. I, I personally, yeah. I think that that's the the series to win for you for the Bruins like I know Tampa will be really tough too if they happen to match up against them but I think the Capitals are the ones that we tend to struggle with a lot and we all know the Tom Wilson stuff going on as well we got to kind of players need to kind of keep their head up and watch for what's going on because he's kind of a wild card so what do you feel are their chances that division's tough, right? Because you got Tampa playing against the Islanders, I believe. So it's Pittsburgh right? playing the Islanders, and then yeah. and then it's the Bruins and Capitals, and then the other division. Yeah. I wish I had it up in front of me right now, but um, yeah, yeah. but yeah. So that's I, I the don't division. Even know how how the playoffs work? So it basically goes and the Bruins will play the winner of the Islanders and Pittsburgh. Yep. For this year, okay, yeah. I mean, the first round will be tough. I mean, I, I could see it probably going six or seven. Uh, again, I, I think it's going to come down to the goaltending. When you compare the two teams, um, they both have guys that can score. They both have guys that can fight and hit and all that stuff. So um, they're pretty comparable teams when you kind of look at it in that kind of regard. So I, I think it's going to come down to the goaltending. I think if Rask plays, if he plays well, um, and I think he's solid, I think it's Bruins are definitely going to win. Um, and then going forward, I, it's kind of like a roll of the dice. Again, I, I think it's going to come down to the goaltending. I think if Ross can play well, 
um, and shut the door for them and they can get some secondary scoring. That's kind of the problem with like the Bruins in the past two years is they, they haven't really had the secondary scoring. It's been, they've kind of relied on their top line and they got Hall now who seems to be doing that. Gretchen's been playing better. So um, I think that they've been playing well as of late. So that's definitely good for them. So another thing that I want to ask you, because you already mentioned about Hall, and and I was going to ask you about that too, but we all have kind of seen how he's been doing, and he really seems to have turned Krejci around as far as it's given Krejci that confidence, and it's given him somebody who is, a, he is a, absolutely a top six player, like Taylor Hall is a top six player in the, in the the on the Bruins right now, so it has given him a lot of space to work with and a lot of things to do, so... The one thing that, I, aside from offensive talent, that I am curious about is, I mean, they're going up against the Capitals. They're going up against Zdeno Chara. How big of a loss was that during the offseason, and how do you think that that, how do you think that's going to hurt them in the playoffs? Obviously, Bergeron has done a very good job with this team, and he, he's been sort of the, the captain for however long, you know, for a long time now without having it on his, on his jersey. I mean, obviously, Chara was the captain, but... I would say that the two of them probably were running that team pretty well. So how do you think that that hurts them going into the playoffs? Not just from a defensive standpoint, but maybe from like a leadership point too. Yeah. I mean, I've kind of thought about that. I, I thought the Bruins were going to, we're going to bring him back. Um, I think I we think all they, did. They kind of, I think that they probably decided that it was time to give Bergie the C and kind of just, move on from that kind of era and they, they thought it was probably best if he wasn't on the team if they were going to do that that was probably their thinking and then Z probably said that he was fine with that um, and he wanted to go to a team that he thought could maybe compete for a cup so I, I think that was maybe their thoughts on it um, in terms of him being on the cap now I mean I think it hurts the Bruins because I think he's still an effective player he's good on the penalty kill he's smart um, he doesn't move as well as he used to but He's still a presence. He's big. Um, and I'd say probably the Bruins' weak point would maybe be might be their back end. Um, yeah. Not as kind of stellar as it has been in the past. And I think maybe having you there would maybe fill that gap a little bit, even if he's playing 17 to 20 minutes a night. So I think they would have a better chance if he was on their team. But um, they decide to move on. So now they now they got to beat him. Yeah. What is it? So uh, just because I'm curious, I know Chara obviously played a long time here and other players have as well, but what's it like when you go from a team that you've played for for a long time and you come back and kind of you have to play against them? Is it is it I would imagine the very first time it's probably a strange feeling being on the other bench, but, you know, how how different is it and, and what's the the thought process going into that game? Yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean, you're basically like a family with the majority of that team for, I mean, Z was there for a really long time and he played with the majority of those guys for a decently long time. So um, it's probably weird for him and it's probably weird for the other guys to play against him. But Z's got a little bit of a different mindset. He's very competitive. Um, so I, I, I don't think that that really affects him. Some people would probably feel weird in that spot, but I don't see him. He's a... Uh, He's a winner, and he's he's very competitive. So I, I think he just his main goal is to go out there and win, and just to compete. And it is what it is for him. That's kind of why he is definitely one of the best. So. Yeah. 
So I know that you you obviously you played with a lot of these guys, these these I'll call them glue guys, these leadership crew that's still there, um, that have been there for a long time with Bergeron and, and Marcia and Krejci and some of these guys, Tuca as well, but uh, and you and you played for Bruce Cassidy. So what do you think the message is in the locker room or what will it be in the locker room going into the first game or into this whole series or you know, how how do you think their mindset is? What's it going to take to get it done against the, the Capitals? Yeah, just just to touch on your first point, I I played on four different teams, and when I played for the Bruins, their core group was like by far the best in terms of like just like the leadership qualities um, and being like positive and being like a welcoming group. Um, no other team that I played on had that kind of feeling like when I played for the Bruins it, it was kind of like a family feeling when I went to some of the other teams like some of the teams just didn't have that and you just didn't feel like that family feeling and it yeah. could have been maybe because their core group got kind of I guess maybe traded or guys weren't there for as long but as soon as I got traded from being on like the Bruins team it was kind of like there was not that type of feeling on any other team that I played on. I think that's why the Bruins do so well is because they have that core group and anybody that comes in, it's kind of like a family feeling. So I, I think that's why they've been doing extremely well. They wow. did a great job there. Um, so maybe fans, you know, that's something that they would like to know. That's just the experience I had. So yeah, absolutely. Good. Um, and uh, in terms of, I mean, I, I had Butchie as a coach from 20 until – 27 so I had him as a coach for a decently long time I, I think he's he's always been the type of coach where he likes to possess the puck and um, just go out and just play our game I can pretty much guarantee you that he's saying that like we don't need to be scared about playing them if we go out there and just kind of play the way that we've been playing and stick to our system and stuff like that um, he's always been that type of coach where he likes to possess the puck he likes to make his tape-to-tape passes and um uh, I think that's probably what he's telling the guys. And he's always put an emphasis on just kind of going out there and just make sure that you're trying to defend well. And if you defend well, then the offensive side of things will definitely come. So um, I think if they focus on that, that's kind of what he taught me when I was playing. And You do that and you give yourself a really good chance to win every night. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I I had read something a couple weeks back where the Bruins had, um, you you know, they were were practicing and – he had stopped a bunch of drills because some of the guys were just trying to make plays that weren't there. And it doesn't seem like their identity to sort of make these fancy plays or maybe, maybe it is for some players, but I think that it's more so of the, you know, if there's no play, then, then make a play and don't try to force anything. And there's been a lot of times where I've read that he's kind of put his foot down in practice being like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but you know, this isn't how we should be playing. And it's kind of, it kind of echoes what you're saying a little bit there where it's make those tape to tape passes and, and make the plays that you know, are going to work and don't try to make some highlight real goal or whatever. You know, I've noticed a lot of times where when we play some of these gooder teams, I say we, but when the Bruins play some of these, these better teams that, you know, you got to get the dirty goals as opposed to the, the highlight real goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's, uh, he's always been the type of coach where he would rather, make like a nice B2D pass, make like a good breakout pass, tape to tape, and just like grab the puck and fire it up off the glass and then chase it. Like he's, I'm not sure if he's changed now, but I had him as a coach for like a long time and he's, he's always been a huge fan of trying to possess the puck, tape, tape to tape passes, 
keep things simple. I, I remember when I was 20, I was playing in a game and I kept chipping the puck in. And he said to me, he said, why are you doing that? And I said, well, I don't want to turn the puck over. He goes, I would rather you try to make a play. You're a skilled guy than just chip the puck in and give it back to them. So then like being a 20 year old and hearing that and having a coach who says like, you're a skilled guy. I want you to try to make plays. Obviously, if it's in the third period, we're up by two. I don't need you trying to make that play. But like read the situation. You're a skilled guy. I trust you to make the play. To hear that as like a young guy, I think that's why I kind of matured as a player was because I had him as a coach and he kind of gave me that confidence to make those plays. And that kind of goes like a long way as a player. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's exactly the type of thing that you want to hear from your coach or your boss. Like if it was real life is that they have confidence in you and that they feel that you're able to do the you know what needs to be done and yeah that that's awesome I mean that's great to hear that he's sort of the guy to help with that development too I mean there's been a lot of young guys on this Bruins team this year whether they you know we went through a, se- a, a section of the season where there was a ton of injuries and they had to bring yeah. in a lot of guys whether it was defensemen or or forwards but I, I feel like a lot of them kind of filled the roles pretty well and I think that it has a lot to do with Cassidy being able to to really train some of these younger guys because he spent a lot of time in Providence playing with or, or coaching the AHL guys that he kind of has that experience. Yeah, it's not a coincidence that young guys, they all can do well there. I mean, I've had some some guys, assistant uh, coaches and coaches who just aren't good at developing younger guys or just not good with dealing with them. And He's definitely one of the guys that is good at it, and it makes a huge difference in terms of development for the players. And um, that's why the Bruins have been good, and that's why I see them being good in the future. It's because they have a coaching staff who is good at that type of stuff. So yeah, it's huge. I think that Sweeney has a lot of grasp on the younger guys as well. I think his it seemed like his uh, thought process coming into being the GM when he first got here was. You know, I'm going to work with the younger guys and I want to build for the future as opposed to just win now. And I think that it's really come yep. a long way. We have a lot of young guys on the Bruins team that are are that have really come a long way since they came into the league and it, and it seems to be working. For sure. Um, that's another thing, too. I, I remember when I was younger, their swings was always like really, I'd say, positive and was always there if I needed to talk about anything. Um He's definitely a major reason, too, why the team is kind of where they are now. They got, like, a really good culture there. It's being very positive. They're very good with the young guys. They're very patient. Um, so, definitely good. So, one more thing I want to ask you about because, I, I you know, I don't know how much you followed the, the whole Bruins team this year, but the expansion draft is coming up here pretty quickly after the season. And I was curious if you had any thoughts on who you think the Bruins might lose to the to Seattle. Um, honestly, haven't really followed it that much. One name that comes kind of to mind would maybe be DeBrusque. I, I don't know. I, I saw that he hasn't been playing as much. He's been having a bit of a tough year, which, I mean, it can kind of happen to anybody. I've, I've been in that spot before, and it's kind of a mental thing, but he definitely has a ton of skill, and I think next year he's going to have going to have a decent year. So I was thinking maybe, like, they could – send him there and maybe a fresh start or something like that I, I don't know what their thoughts are on all that type of stuff or maybe somebody like Coyle um, I, I don't even know who they're going to protect I mean they got their top line and they got um, they got Hall they got Crutch they got McAvoy I mean Rask 
So I don't even know who's going to be left out there, but probably either Coyle or DeBrusque or somebody like that, one of those players. Yeah, before before they had made the trade to get Taylor Hall, I would have probably agreed with you in saying it was either going to be DeBrusque or maybe Bjork. Um, but I think that Bjork's starting to look more and more like, I mean, sorry, DeBrusque is starting to look more and more like the person that might end up be on his, being on his way out when it comes to the expansion draft. But, I mean, it's kind of hard to, pre- yeah. to predict, but I just figured, you know, curious what your opinion was on that. Yeah, I just think that they kind of have Hall now, and I think Jake's like, he has a lot of talent, and he works hard. Um, he can score. I just think the way that he's being used now on the fourth line, like he's, he's not going to produce on the fourth line. That's just not the type of player he is, and you can't expect him to be the type of player that he is or reach his potential playing on the fourth line. So that's, that's the only reason why I'm thinking that they went out and they got Hall, and they're thinking of maybe letting him go there, and then he gets a fresh start and he can play there. That's, that's the only thing that really makes sense to me because, um, yeah, that's just my just my two cents on it. Yeah, from a fan perspective, he seems like one of those players who really thrives on feeling good. Like when he scores a goal or when he's feeling the puck that night, he seems like he's really on his game. And then when he's off of it and it's not going so well, it seems like it's really hard for him to dig out of that sort of hole. And I don't know if that's mental being, you know, a younger player or what, but uh, I think I think you're right on that. You know, he he's not going to do what he's capable of doing on the fourth line. It's just not really where he needs to be. So. No. No, he's he's not he's not like an overly physical player. By that I mean like he's not going to run around and hit guys and stuff like that. Like he he plays hard and he gets to the net and he scores. He can make plays, but he's not he's not a good fit for the fourth line. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a better fit than I would have been for the fourth line or some of like the softer players, but like he's still not your ideal fourth line player. So like unless you want him to score and produce, you're, you're going to need to play with guys that can get on the puck. That's why when you play with Kretsch, he could score. It's not yep. a coincidence that all play with Kretsch and he's scoring. Like, Kretsch is very good at slowing the game down, probably the best that I've ever played with. Um, slowing the game down, getting the puck to you with time and space. He, he seems to, like, drag guys towards him and then kick the puck outside and then you just have a scoring chance. And it's just it's always something that he's been good at. So, like, it's you want Jake to be good, you got to play him with somebody like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, they're not doing that right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so one thing that another thing that I wanted to to ask you is on the last time that we had you on before the episode, we kind of put up like a, I'll just say like kind of like a suggestions box where if people wanted to ask any questions, maybe we could get them into you. And and I didn't ask many questions that uh, that we had gotten popped up over there, and I got sort of a lot of a lot of uh, messages about it afterwards. So I figured I'll, I'll do a quick, like, you know, five or six sure. questions. I'll throw them at you. You either give me an answer, a one word answer or an explanation, whatever you want to do. But I figure we'll kind of run yeah. through these a little bit and, and see what you got. Sure. All right. So the first question I have is your favorite or the best spot to, to eat in Boston. Favorite or best spot to eat. Huh. That's a tough one. I like going to Mike's stage booth. Yep. That was always uh, my top spot. And then uh, I always like going um, to the north end and just kind of walking down there and stopping to kind of whatever place. Um, I don't really remember any specific names. And then I used to go eat at Ward 8, too, which was good. I mean, I think that those, you know, 
a lot of spots in the North End and Mike's Pastries and stuff is a, is a go-to for a lot of people around here. So I would imagine that that's probably a pretty popular answer. Yep. Uh, the next one was, do you have any superstitions or like pregame things you have to do before the game? I know some players are really specific about their, you know, put on the left skate and then tie it and then put on the right skate and then tie it and then whatever, you know, stupid things like that. You have anything that pregame that you have to do? Not really, no. Like, I'm, I'm not really into that stuff. I, I kind of just just go out and play. Um, the one thing that I will say is usually in warm-ups, I always have to uh, start all, like, the warm-up drills on, like, the right-hand side because um, I like to make a backhand pass when we do, like, the half kind of move where the guys kind of skate out. That's only, like, one thing. And then I always have to line up, like, on the right-hand side when we're doing, like, the half-moon shooting. That's pretty much the only two things that I do. Besides that, like, I just go to the rink and get ready for the, the game. Music yeah. and get ready for the game. And sometimes I'll stretch first or sometimes I'll take my kind of change. It all depends on how I feel like that. Well, that's, that's actually the next question is, do you have, what do you like pregame for music that gets you either ready? It gets you in the zone or gets you pumped up or what's your go-to? Depends on my mood. Sometimes, most of the time it would be like house kind of music. I, I like to listen to like the mixes, like they got like the 45 second drops and it goes on the next drop it's kind of like the like the Tomorrowland mixes yep uh, when I played on Minsk our uh, our team really enjoyed those too and then sometimes I like to listen to rap music sometimes I like to listen to rock it all depends on the mood I'm in um, but I'd say those it's hard to say house for the most part that makes sense it, seem, it seems like uh, you know a wide variety depending on the mood is, is probably the way to go yeah 100% did uh did you have a favorite stadium that you liked in the league that like going to or whether it was because of the the places around the stadium or because the stadium was nice and it had good you know it was good for the opposing team or any any specific one that you liked more than others? I like playing in Chicago, um, just because I just liked playing there. I don't really have an explanation. I just felt yeah. good when I played there. Um, I liked playing wherever it was sunny because I always played in spots where it was cold. So whenever I got to yeah. go down, I chill in the sun, and we always got like a day off. It was just kind of nice. Kind of felt like it was a bit of a refresher. Yeah. Um, and then another rink I liked playing in would be I was like playing in Tampa for some reason. I don't know why. Like their rink too. It's definitely a nice area, a nice uh, stadium to play at. I would imagine because. Like you said, you you get to be in a place where it's actually nice weather. Hopefully, it's not raining, but hopefully, it's nice weather for once and get to enjoy it a little bit. And like you said, sort of a refresher rather than it being freezing, which is ninety percent of the hockey season. Yeah, exactly. It's just like the season's long when you can be out in the sun. Like even for like a couple hours on like a day off, you get to go outside and yeah. get a little bit of color and some vitamin D. It it goes a long way for for the mental side of things when you're stuck in an arena the whole year and it's freezing cold. And then this question has been a, uh, it's a long debate that we've had on the podcast and we've had just in general that I think a lot of people want to know because from a fan's perspective, I'll give you my answer afterwards, but which do you prefer three on three or shootout? Three on three. I think shootout's useless. I think they should just play the three on three uh, until somebody scores or um, they could do three points for a win and then 
um, two for an overtime win, and then if no, nobody scores in the overtime, then it's, it's one. Like, I, I don't see a need for a shootout. It doesn't really bring anything to the table. It's like, it's, it's kind of like, okay, we don't want to have a tie, so like, let's just end the game as fast as we can. Let's have a shootout. Um, I think three on three is the best. Somebody would score eventually. Um, it wouldn't take that long. So, I'm, a, I'm on literally the exact same page as you, even down to the additional points or, you know, how they give points at the end too, because to me as a fan, it just seems like you get, you get through the whole game and you get to the three on three. And if nobody scores, I mean, clearly good hockey has been played the entire time. So you sort of throw that away with the shootout because it could come down to luck. Really? It just comes down to like, there's some teams that have like one random guy who's going to shoot out who like, yeah. doesn't even score on. It's just like, okay, we're, we're going to throw in him. Like there, there was a team in the KHL and like one of their defensemen who had like three goals the entire year. He was just good in shootouts for some reason. So they used him and they, they were good. Or like my, my team in Minsk, we, I think we were like 10 and one in overtime and in shootouts. I, I think we, I think that was the only game we lost, right? So it's like, if you just extend the three-on-three, a team that's really good in shootouts, they, they might end up losing out on like right. six or seven of those points. And another team that's like, teams could maybe build their team a little bit more around like the three-on-three, get like some faster guys. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it would change things a little bit, but um, I just don't see a need for a shootout. It's just, it's just kind of stupid in my opinion. I completely agree. And, and the last question I have here actually for you was – a question that I know Tim wanted to ask you if he was here, so I, I figure I'll relay the message so that he can get it in there. <laughs> I don't know if you've sure. been hearing about this at all, but who do you have in in a fight, Evander Kane or Jake Paul? <laughs> have, you, have you been following that whatsoever, Evander Kane's trying to fight Jake Paul? Yeah, I've seen it on, on my Instagram. Uh, I haven't seen any of Paul's fights. Uh, but from my understanding is he, he fights guys that are a little bit older than him, right? Like he's what, 20, 20 something. He's fighting guys that are like 40 and retired box. I mean, retired basketball players, like guys who don't fight in, in, I mean, he just fought an MMA fighter. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But the guy was like, you know, retired and he's been retired for a bit and he took a million punches to the head. And, but yeah, I mean, he's not really fighting yeah. in their prime guys or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think maybe if he fought somebody relatively in the same age group as him and somebody that was still in shape and wasn't really retired, a lot of these guys that are fighting him are probably doing it to get some extra money and they don't really care if they lose. Right. And I, I also think he is a smart guy and he's probably thinking, like, who can I challenge that's going to make me look tough? But at the same time, who can I challenge that, like, I will have a slight advantage over because I'm younger, I'm probably slightly in a bit better shape, um, and I, I think he's very smart who he chooses. So I think Kane would win in a fight only because Kane's quick. Right. Um, he, he he can fight. He's in good shape. He's definitely got the reach on him. I think Kane would probably win. Uh, but I, I don't think Paul's going to accept it because I don't think that he wants to lose. I think he wants to challenge maybe somebody um, on his own terms. He doesn't want to get called out. I right. think it's kind of this. This is all for him to make money. He just wants to like get like the marketing. He, he wants to find somebody that's like a big name for him. You know, it's all about what what's going to benefit him. So, 
Yeah, and nothing he against Evander Kane, but I don't think a lot of people even know who he is. You know, like as far as people who know who Jake Paul is, probably don't know who Evander Kane is. Yeah, um, that's like kind of another thing that I was going to say is like he's a well-known name in hockey, but I don't know if he's a well-known name like in the world, right? Like people would know. I mean, people probably would know who the um, last fighter he fought. Uh, the older UFC fighter. Like, I, I, I didn't even know who that was, but it just says he's fighting a UFC fighter, which sounds cool. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. So last yeah. question before before I let you go here. What do you got for this series? I got Bruins in six. I'm going to go Bruins in seven. Okay. I, I can get down with that. Yeah. Keep it exciting for the fans. Gotta keep, <laughs> keep you guys on your toes. Yep, Totally. Well, look, I appreciate you taking some time and talking with me again today. You know, like I said, a a lot of people have been asking for us to get you back on and and get an update from you. And I thought that this would be even better, kind of give some real uh, knowledge from somebody who's played the game to to give us a little bit of a breakdown on all the players and all the teams that are in the playoffs. And and I think that it's going to be a fun round of playoffs for every fan that's out there. And, And again, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you soon, and and stay safe. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Didn't see-